0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 223. It's Friday. Woo! It is April 28th, 2023, not April 6th, 2023. That's the day that we recorded this because we are in Israel. So, uh, very exciting episode planned. I very passionate about this subject. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. Also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week, normally. Three days this week, three days next week, of course. But normally five days a week. Uh, and then we take a portion of every single donation we funnel into our amazing water well efforts. Our partnership with Show Mercy International. Mike and Lori Sally, great people. They're actually in Israel with us. Fun fact, great. Um but yeah they take a portion that we take a portion of every single donation we funnel into those efforts a new freshwater well every three days completely transforming these communities because of donations like yours so we're going to play a quick well spot and then we're going to get going
2: we are celebrating why because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled you are truly saving lives You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello! to see you. you. Okay. I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water walls were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them but now, everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you.
1: All right. So just a reminder to everybody, again, just to, just to drive it home. We are only doing three shows next week, just like we did this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we will be back at full capacity on Monday, May 8th. It's going to be a pre-record on that day as well, because we're all going to be jet lagged, so we're pre-recording it, so we don't have to do it uh, in the moment. Um, But then we'll be going back to officially going back to lives on Tuesday, May 9th. But we're at five days a week, starting Monday, May 8th as well so next week only three days a week monday wednesday friday i think you get the point all right my guest today uh this is going to be a great 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 show it's going to be a zinger dare i say we're swinging for the fences with this topic uh but it's it's a necessary one so uh i don't shy away from these topics and neither does my guest she's an author she's also the founder of contagious love international let's give it up for my guest today jennifer martin
3: hey hey hello jeff hello elijah fire family good to be back
1: always good to have you jen we love you
3: all right love you guys too okay so what are we talking about today we are talking about one of the most important revolutionary topics of our time we are talking about the role of women in the church
1: okay and it's not to stay quiet and to be like we don't want to hear what you have to say there's a lot more to it and there is actually significant evidence in the bible is there not
3: there is so much evidence of women in leadership Yep. guys are you ready to hit this thing today listen you might have a lot of questions you're like but what about this what about this jeff and i are going to answer these questions today it's going to be exciting so women in the bible Let's start with the Old Testament. Many of you guys know the story of Deborah. You can find her story in Judges 4. She was very anointed in leadership. She mm-hmm. was called a prophet. It says right in Judges 4 Deborah, a prophet, was leading Israel at that time. Oh, hold on. So I want to stop right there. It yeah. says the word leading.
1: <laughs> That's right. Hello. That's right. So
3: if we say women can't lead, let's just stop right there. We've got one scripture in the Old Testament by the Lord Himself. He appointed a woman to lead an entire nation. That is leadership. Mm -hmm. She was also a judge. She was a warrior. She even wrote. There's a. It talks about her being a poet and having poetry, but um, she also sang and she did songwriting. But we know her mostly as being a leader, being a judge, leading Israel out to fight and prophesying the word of the Lord. So she was one of only five women in the Old Testament that was described as a prophet. So the four others are Miriam, Huldah in 2 Kings 22, 14, 2 Chronicles 34, 22, uh, Noah Daya in Nehemiah 6, 14, and the prophetess, which is in Isaiah 8, 3. So the only other person in the Bible who was said to be both a prophet and a judge like Deborah was Samuel. Interesting. We're all familiar with him. So That's Deborah right. was the only female judge mentioned in the Bible that we know of. Um, if you read in Judges 4, it says something very important, Jeff, that I want to highlight because I think this is going to help us to just um, answer these questions in our mind of can women lead? What mm. is the role of? of women in the church, um, looking at the role of Deborah in the Old Testament, if we read in Judges 4, it says, Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. I want to just pause right there. If we highlight that word commands, we hear something coming from the mouth of a woman commanding or speaking in an authority position to a man who was leading armies. And she said, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Now, this is coming through prophecy. The word of the Lord came to Deborah. Mm -hmm. She prophesied to Barak. So then Barak replies to her and says, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Does this say anything about the anointing on Deborah's life that even Barak, a man, bore witness to? So he didn't want to get between what the Lord had positioned, who the Lord had anointed, and what he thought would be right. As a man, he could say, you know what? I got this. Deborah, I don't need you. Why would I need a woman to go into battle with me? It's not like she's going to physically overpower all the enemy. She's a woman. But he wanted her with him. Why? It had to do with the authority of the Lord mm-hmm. placing her in that position as judge and prophetess to the nation at that time. So Deborah replies and she says, certainly I will go with you, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver, says Sarah, into the hands of a woman. Mm-hmm. Right there in Judges 4, verse 4 through 9, we see the Lord giving authority to a woman. This is Old Testament. This is before New Testament, guys. Mm -hmm. Deborah is obviously placed in, you cannot argue the word of God. So don't try to pull other scriptures in right now and say, but this says that, but this says that. The word of the Lord gave Deborah authority. We cannot deny this fact. She was leading a nation. She commanded a man under her authority by the prophetic word of the Lord. And then she proceeded to say that God would not only give them victory, but would give the victory and deliver the king of the enemy into the hands of a woman. Mm-hmm. And we know her name is J.L. Yeah. And she yep. was fierce. Yeah, she was. You know that story of her, she took a, a, a tent peg, <laughs> a metal tent spike, yeah. and drove it through the head of Caesarea.
1: Yeah, he's like she was like, hey, you know, like, wasn't she like, oh, just like rest here, hang out. And then she was like, yeah. he falls asleep and she's like.
3: <sighs> right. It's I was like savage. that. Yeah. I mean, that's a fierce woman and we do not yeah. want to mess with her. No. So this shows how God puts fierceness in his women and they can be warriors and fighters in a way that maybe it's not physically overcoming the enemy, as in the case of JL. But women carry something where they can overcome the enemy in many ways besides physically. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. So are there any other examples in the Bible, Jeff, of a woman in leadership?
1: Uh, there's Esther.
3: There's Esther.
1: There's um...
3: Queen Esther, a queen.
1: Yeah. Which is, is significant. Totally. <laughs> I think a, yeah. <laughs> a queen is a queen. She, yeah. Queen
3: is a queen. She She was over a nation. She saved the entire nation of Israel. Those of you that know the story, God used her to save the entire nation of Israel after they went on a three-day fast. And the Lord put in Esther's heart and spirit what to do to gain favor with the king and see her nation saved. And that woman single-handedly led Israel into victory. That looks like a woman in leadership to me. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Yeah.
3: What about... I, oh, go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say,
1: because okay. I'm reading through the Gospels right now, um, mm-hmm. and uh, while I don't know that you can overtly say this is leadership, I mean, in some ways, yes, I mean, there was a measure of leadership in this, but when Jesus resurrected, the person that saw it first was Mary, mm-hmm. and and the fact that it wasn't like one of his, like his disciples, the disciples were even like, when she went to go tell them, they were like, No, you know, and even though Jesus said he was going to rise again, you know, uh, and so God revealed himself to a woman first, which is very interesting. Very
3: interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And there's so much with that. And not only her, but there was uh, there's a list in the New Testament of women who were actually in leadership. And I'm just going to mention a few of those that I have. And uh, Philip's daughters, um, you can find them in Acts 21, 9. There's Priscilla in Acts eighteen twenty six, and also in Romans 16, 3 through 5. There's Phoebe in Romans 16, 1 and 2. There's Juniah in Romans sixteen seven. There's Chloe in 1 Corinthians 1, 11. There's yodia and Sintica in Philippians 4, 2 through 3. There's Nympha in Colossians four fifteen. 15. Aphia in uh, Philemon 1, 2. The chosen lady in Second John one one, and the chosen sister in Second John one thirteen, and then there's Lydia, which we all are familiar with her story as a businesswoman, and also was a leader into starting home group movements and seeing the church spread as she invited people to her home and they did these meetings. She was very influential as a woman leader in Acts sixteen forty, mm-hmm. and that's just a name a few. And the mm. list goes on and on. So if we look at the biblical precedent for women in leadership, it is all through the Bible. Yeah. So the question is not, should women be in leadership? The Bible confirms that. I think what has happened is people have become confused and they think women shouldn't be in leadership. Yeah. And there's been a lot of teachings out there. There's been a lot of things coming out there, people twisting scripture, people yeah. um, creating their own doctrine, if you yeah. will. Yeah, uh, to, specifically, be, look, mm-hmm.
1: sorry to interrupt, but specifically Good. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, which mm-hmm. has been a verse that people have used and have taken right. quite out of context, if I might add. It says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet mm-hmm. um, and just providing my own. I've heard several teachings on this, but specifically at that time when Paul was writing um, what would often happen to my understanding is that men and women would be separate on two different sides of a hall, wherever they were teaching or meeting and the Correct. wives would yell over to their husbands and ask questions, but never. it would disrupt the service. Women so would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? What does he mean? You know? Um, right. you know, and so that uh, to my understanding, that was actually a lot more what Paul was referring to. And obviously too I haven't done an extensive word study on that but I would gather there may be don't don't take what I'm saying as as okay this is what it is there may be some mistranslation or stuff that got lost in translation mm-hmm. as they were trying to convey what was said from Greek into English so
3: Absolutely there's a few things there that is off and one of those is uh, the um interpreting the word the Greek word for authority there when it says I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. Okay. So authority there in the Greek means to take dominion. And some of the translations will even say that, or to present dominance over a man.
1: So like Jezebel, right? Right. Like a Jezebel thing.
3: Right. Like controlling the men. Um, I don't know exactly. Now, a lot of the women came out of, you, you have to remember in their culture, they came out of the Greek mythology they came out. They came out of those religions, mm-hmm. you know, in the church, yeah. and so we have to consider too. We're we're dealing with women here that didn't understand uh, the character of Christ, humility, and servanthood, and submitting one to another, and love your neighbor as you would yourself, and lay your life down for others. So they actually came out of a culture and a teaching from all of the Greek uh, religion, and women were very dominant. They were very, they were in leadership, they were dominant, they would run things, they would control things, and it was in the wrong way. So when that was brought into the church, see, Paul had to deal with this culture that was already ingrained within them, and he was trying to teach them another way. You need to be humble. You need to submit. You, you don't just take authority over people. It didn't mean that God couldn't place them in a place of teaching or prophecy Like we just went through all of the prophets of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've got women prophets, we have women apostles, Uh we have women teachers. Like they're there. So what is Paul dealing with? He's not saying women have to be quiet all the time. That doesn't make any sense. What he's saying is in the church, when they're studying, like you said, Jeff, you need to just sit and learn. Learn in quiet. But that doesn't mean that they can't go out and teach the Bible to people Mm -hmm. or become evangelists. Or and there was also some risk in their culture of when they were getting uh, set free by the lord they were becoming new creations they would go out into the streets they would begin to share loudly with people because these women were learned from a loud culture they were very dominant once again that thing had to be changed in them they would go out in the streets and what happened is the roman soldiers or the the government at the time would hear them and target them and maybe arrest them or maybe they get stoned to death. You know, that it's not like the church was accepted back then. So if the women went out in the streets and were talking loudly about Jesus or talking loudly about meeting at the house, they were giving information away of where they were meeting in secret or what was Mm -hmm. happening and what they were actually risking themselves. And I think it was smart of Paul to come in and say, listen, you guys need to be more quiet. You are loud. You are proclaiming what God is doing here. You are screaming. Everybody can hear in the streets. You're telling everything, and we need to be wise.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: Jesus said, "Be wise as serpents, harmless as doves." Mm-hmm. So that was also another uh, case of what was happening there. So, so if we interpret what Paul is saying in First Timothy two twelve, he's saying, "I don't permit a woman to teach or take dominance over other people." It's not just men. They shouldn't control other women. They shouldn't take dominance over the culture at all, over anyone that's in the church learning. But they can teach in humility. They can teach it with a submissive spirit and kindness and love, but not in you must do what I say. You have to do this. You know, is it came across as a controlling way, and that wasn't healthy for the church. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And we can see a lot of this. I I, I think there may be people are listening to this now that can start to see parallels with that. What you're saying about not having dominance over our current culture, which is very much like there is, um, I would say, outside of the church, uh, there is this we must put down men to uplift women. Mm. And that is not kingdom. That is not biblical. Um, right. nor should we be putting down women to uplift men that should, that is not kingdom. That is not biblical. And I give a, I man. I've given this analogy so many times, but it's true. Okay. Because I think, um, there is this, uh, we, as guys, we need to check our egos. We need to check our, uh, just because a woman is in leadership and you submit to them in leadership does not, that does not diminish you as a man. It does not diminish your, your role uh, and the role that God has set up for you as a father, as a leader, whatever it is.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give.
1: Um, and I always say, uh, I I give this analogy because I think it just it paints a clear picture of, of Superman. Okay, if I'm Superman and I go to, the Island of Themyscira where wonder women and all these super wonder women are hanging out. Does Superman suddenly uh, become not Superman just because he's surrounded by a powerful woman? No, he's still Superman, you know? And so I, I think that th- submitting and, and I guess maybe a lot of this is like, I, I've worked in a lot of uh, secular environments and had female leaders. Um, I'm just not, I, I'm not, threatened by it at all. And I think that's the appropriate response because it doesn't diminish me as a man. Now we run into dire straits when we do, um, when, you know, whatever sex you are, you put down the other sex to uplift your sex. So that's male or female. If you put them down, that is not good. Uh, but that's not what this verse is saying. And, uh, I mean that, that is what this verse is saying is, is to not do that. Um, so yeah.
3: Right. Right. And with a uh, culture, you know, you look at it's kind of been a movement with women, you know, rising in power and just in that whole thing of with feminist and feminism. And a lot of people could say, oh, well, that's just a feminist movement in the church or, right. yeah. you know, this is off and things like that. But the feminist movement is off the when it's towards the world and the way that it's going about basically it's going about the way Paul said don't assume authority don't assume dominance over Mm -hmm. others and they're trying to rise and say you know we're better we don't need men like you've seen all the statements and the and the thing and it's horrible because it's not the kingdom but what what I need everyone to think about for just a minute is remember that the enemy is not the source of anything and Everything that happens in the spirit realm happens because there is a movement by the Holy Spirit sent by the command of the Lord into the earth. Now, every time there's a movement and God speaks something, the enemy will think, how can I divert their attention from what God is saying and what the truth is? And how can I twist that? Because we know the enemy is a serpent and he wants to come in and twist truth. And he's the father of lies. He wants to bring a lie to every truth so that people will not believe it and receive it and move in the purity of that movement. So what I am saying, Jeff, what I believe is that the Holy Spirit actually breathed life into women to cause them to arise because they've been suppressed. Mm. I don't think it's that they feel like they're better. I feel like they've been suppressed. Now, in the church, for a true believer, this is healthy. Women need to wake up and answer their calling. And the Spirit of God is breathing upon women saying, arise, women, arise. And the enemy sees what's happening. He's been seeing what's happening for the last decade, two decades. He saw the breath of the Lord begin to breathe to wake up his women to bring them into position. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to go and speak lies to the women that are being awakened by the spirit of God. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to divert this movement and I'm going to send a movement in the world. And every woman that is waking up will wake up to a lie instead of the truth. So God is stirring them saying, Hey, come into my kingdom. Hey, come on, women arise. I need you to take your place. I need you to come beside the men. I need you to grab their hands. I need you to be unified and I need you to walk together. Let's, let's do this. Let's do the kingdom. So all of these women, whether they're saved or not saved, Jeff, whether they're believers or unbelievers, it doesn't matter because the voice of the Lord covers the earth. Scripture tells us that the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the water does the seas. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord speaks something, every person will hear it in some form, but they will also hear it through the filter of what's in in their body already. So Mm -hmm. if they're not of the Holy Spirit, they're going to hear this call to arise woman. In the wrong way. So the enemy's taking that and he's created the feminist movement because the motivation, of the spirit has been released by the voice of God. Mm-hmm. He's commanding women, arise, women.
2: Come on. And so
3: the enemy's trying to divert that. And so what we have here is a false women's movement, and that's the feminist movement. But there is a pure movement that God released, and it is not the church's place to come along and say, hey, let's. Let's, you know, do our own women's movement. No, the Holy Spirit has already released a women's movement and it's pure, Mm -hmm. holy women. Mm -hmm. And they're going to move in righteousness. They're going to have submission. They're going to have honor. They're going to have humility. It's going to be the right way. Submission can be a good word when it's not used and manipulated in the sense that it has been in the past. But submission to the voice of the Lord and saying yes to him is very important. So women, we are in an awakening. We are. We are in an awakening to women rising up to who they should always be. It's not becoming something new. It's not becoming something the world hasn't had. It's not new. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. And he wants his women arise to to arise and step into the places he's positioned them. Whether that's leadership, whether that's running a business, whether that's raising their children, is still all leadership. Being a homemaker is not. Is not not becoming a leader. That is still being a leader. It's a leader in your home. Women are born leaders. They are all leaders. If you actually just look at that and back up for a minute, everything you do in your life, it's you becoming a leader Mm -hmm. and bringing a movement to something, whatever that looks like. You're still leading. If you're part of a group, you're still leading. You're walking in that group and there's something about you that helps lead the movement of that group, the Bible study you attend. Whatever, it's you're still creating movement. Every person has that, whether you're a woman or a man. every person has a position or children, children have positions, all given by the Holy Spirit. The thing that we're highlighting and talking about today is the role of women in stepping in to the God-given leadership he has already spoken over their life. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff and I are here to call you forth women. Come on and say, it's time. It's time to step into your leadership. It's time to step in the position that the Holy Spirit has for you. Whatever he spoke to you, it's not rebellion. It's not out of line. Mm -hmm. It's directly in line and directly in order because the Lord is taking all the pieces on the chessboard and he's moving them around. He's putting them in place. Every woman is a, is a piece. Every man is a piece. Every person in the body of Christ is a piece. We must come into position so that we can checkmate the devil.
1: Yeah. Okay. So my question, uh, Jen, is because this is going to be a very real situation for people. What do, um, you know, especially the ladies listening to this, what what do you do when you're serving at a church or in a ministry or whatever where the ministry is not on board with this? And oh. um, I don't know. I'll, well, I'll let you... Re- respond to it and then and then we can kind of talk about it so what do people That's do a diff- yeah.
3: difficult question because yes. <laughs> um if god's called you there for a season we do have to remember that the spirit of the lord and the fruits of the spirit in galatians 5 one of them is patience mm. um one of them is long suffering so if the lord has called you to be there um for a season to pray intercede be humble and serve and love God's people there's nothing wrong with serving and loving God's people it's one of the most beautiful things there is and a pastor may never come along with women should teach or preach he might always have that mentality according to you know first Timothy two twelve, and has interpreted it wrong and he just doesn't know So there is a grace and a peace to that where you could say, you know, he doesn't know. And I feel like God's called me to be part of this family or your family's there. Your kids attend there. You know, I I understand that there can be not perfect situations to live in and to grow and flourish in. Um, That has to be something you go to the Holy Spirit with and decide what you do, because he might call you to a place for a few years just to be there, just to love, just to help the body and then he might say i want you to step out and i want you to go if if it starts if it starts being difficult for you to bear fruit there or you feel controlled or constricted or you can't breathe and it's actually causing you to recede and it's causing you to feel like you're dying inside I would really, really pray into, Lord, am I supposed to stay here?
1: Yeah, that's good. I'm
3: not going to tell you to leave, but I would really pray and make sure you're here in Holy Spirit. Because where the Holy Spirit's called you, there should be grace. There should be fruit. There should be peace. There should be joy. There should be love. And if you're not seeing the fruit of the Spirit where you are or where you've planted yourself, there might be somewhere else that God has for you to grow and flourish Mm. Um, because you can't go up to the pastor and say, listen, your, your revelation is off. You need to let women, I mean, you just, that would be stepping out of authority. I myself wouldn't do that. I feel like authority is authority, whether they walk in the full revelation of whatever you're carrying or not authority is authority and to go and try to correct leadership Mm -hmm. in a place where you're not a leader is actually out of authority by God. Mm. And a lot of people do that, Jeff. And they don't, they're like, I've got the revelation. I need to correct this pastor. I need to prophesy. (laughs) I'll show them. (laughs) Yes. And it's really out of order. Even if they're wrong, the best thing you could do is pray for them, Mm. stay humble and pray for them and ask God to open their eyes. And if, if there isn't some kind of change or you don't feel movement, there's nothing happening. There's no progress at all. It doesn't feel like there's grace in this. Maybe the window's closing for your time yeah, there. Yeah. And maybe a window opens somewhere else. So yeah. I mean, because we're not supposed to be suppressed, you know, right. or feel like we're choking or we can't breathe. So
1: yeah. well, and something that I would breathe? say something I would say even to guys, um, if they're in this situation as well, is like he's also checking your heart, you know, and and sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, Well, Jen. I I am dying inside. I am dying inside. But maybe it's because y- your pride is being zinged, you know. And I've been in situations like that myself. That's true. I absolutely have, you know, where I'm like, oh god, if they would just see. And he's like, yeah, but also your heart needs some work, yeah. Jeff. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm an innocent dove yeah. in this situation, you know. So that's
3: good yeah. because you we're personally not even healthy until we've gotten to the place where we are crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, we live, but not I, yeah. but Christ lives in me and God does want to use those situations to let our flesh die. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And it's very hard, but can yeah. we find love in the midst of it? Can we forgive the leaders in the midst of it? Can mm-hmm. we love them deeply by the spirit of God, even in the midst of it? Cause I feel like you're right, Jeff, that would be, such a place of the refining fire and God ironing, sharpening iron and God developing your character in a way that might need to be developed. So the other question would be, Lord, are you testing my character? And should I allow this for a time? Because I've absolutely been through those seasons and looking back, saw how fruitful it was and I wouldn't change it for the world. I spent seasons in places, Jeff, for years and years and years that We're doing this, but I was growing. There was some freedom in my life. My prayer life was on fire. My relationship with the Lord was so intimate, but I was going through a time of not being allowed to really minister or do anything. Mm -hmm. I just was submitting, 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 you know, but it wasn't, I believe in the healthiest of ways, but God used it anyways for good and developed me and taught me how to humble myself under his hand and say, Lord, you're my God. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says, thinks or does. You're my God. And I submit to you. And if this is where you want me, I'm here. And if you don't want me here, I'll move, but I'm happy and satisfied. And I, I came to the place, Jeff, where I really felt like I died to my own way and my own agenda and whatever Mm -hmm. I wanted. And it was so good for me. It was so good for me to let Pride and control and my ways and all of those things just die and say, you know what, God, you put me here and it is sure not my favorite place to be right now. It is hard. It is hard. It is hard. Mm -hmm. And I felt him telling me, you wait, you wait, you wait. But there was a time it was years down the road where the Lord said, and now I'm calling you and I'm releasing you forward. And it was beautiful how it happened. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But
1: yeah. Well and yeah. that's hard that you know because Jen, I know you're really strong willed. I'm I'm i I'm fairly strong willed myself. All, all three of my siblings are. Um it's that Cherokee
3: th- in me. I yeah. have Cherokee and I, I have Cherokee. German. Oh so yeah. mix those two together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. you got a hot head. <laughs> Yeah. Um I uh I think I, I always feel like the people that are um and this isn't always the case, but I do feel like when people are more strong willed, they have to learn patience. And then people who are more patient and long, long suffering have to learn to, to be more assertive and speak up for themselves, you know? Right. And so you may find yourself in those situations where that aspect of you is obviously God made you uh, strong willed like he made you assertive and like, you know, uh, but making sure that you're not ruled by that. And so I want to say to the people that maybe are like, you're listening to us talk, And you're going okay? Yeah, no, I'm supposed to leave. I'm supposed to leave. Really, guys, I just I really feel like emphasizing this. Check your heart and make sure you're not doing it out of your flesh of just being like, man, forget these guys. Like that's what's that. That's the undercurrent. But you you're trying to convince yourself that it's nope, nope. It's time to leave. I just know it. I know the Lord's telling me it's time to leave. I'm like, actually, it's your flesh saying I want out. And being mindful of that. And again, I would say this to men as well. So. I'm just saying, like, especially as this, because you guys, a lot of you guys have noticed some of you have criticized me for this. I'm just saying that I have a lot of females on my show and I do that because I recognize what God is doing within the body of Christ right now. Um, And I'm so on board with it. Whatever God wants to do, I'm on board with it. But Jen, I'm glad you hit on this whole thing of like, oh, this, this rise of women in the church is just the feminism movement. Infiltrating the church, um, and and really when you when you come at it from that approach, you're putting blinders on the rest of Scripture. I think we've given some substantial evidence, and if you want to go read it for yourself, go read it for yourself. I think Deborah is a very potent example of God's heart right. for women. It's not to be these like, okay, you sit in the back and you just cheer cheer your man on, you know? No, right. like it, it doesn't mean that it, every single time we're like, okay, well then we're just supposed to sw- switch. We're supposed to flip flop. I'm like, just be led by the spirit. That's all we're saying is like, God is uplifting women right now. Great. Like, don't get in, don't get in the way of what God is trying to do. That, that, like, I, I would say, get the, if you don't have the fear of the Lord on that, then you need to pray and ask God to, to instill some of that. Um, because, it, it, and to not insist our way because of our insecurities. I'm talking to men right now. Um, but, um, that's why it's so important to, to recognize the counterfeits in, in culture. Like you were saying, like, like what God is doing, what, what the enemy is doing is a response to what God has been doing is raising up women, getting them into these seasons of refinement and then releasing them. He's doing the same thing with men. So don't think, Oh, God's forgotten about us. He has not, but there's a counterfeit wherever you go. And with, with um, w- you know with women in leadership, obviously the counterfeit is this feminism movement where we're putting down men to uplift women, right? We see that domineering over people, not just over men. Um, but there's counterfeits also throughout multiple avenues. So with Gen Z right now, people look at if you're just looking at what the the, the media is pr- pushing out, uh, you would look at the younger younger generation specifically Gen Z and go, oh, there's no hope for them. They're doomed. Look at them. Look how many of them identify as bisexual or, or you know, people are becoming, you know, think that they're trans and all this stuff. That, that is the counterfeit to what God is doing within that generation. He's raising up a generation who's fearless. Like they're absolutely fearless. You want to look at the, the Gen hey. Z that are hungry for Jesus and on fire? Mm-hmm. There are millions of them. And Satan would have us believe, nope, they're doomed generation. Don't just pay no heed. They're doomed. Don't pray for them. They're lost. Don't do that. So that's the counterfeit. And the counterfeit with men, and it's a big one, is our lack of transparency and vulnerability and this gruff, tough. We we put on all these layers to go, no, we're gruff and we're tough. And, and you're gonna run yourself into the ground. And right. men, we need to be more, we need to be more vulnerable. We need that does not mean that you are. look at David, look at David, like crying out before the Lord and, 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 and being completely like reckless abandoned towards the Lord. Like we have great examples within the Bible, Jesus himself, you know, it's, it, it is okay to cry, men. It is okay to cry. It doesn't mean you're a wimp. It doesn't mean you're a wuss. And so I just speak against those lies that you've been, maybe you grew up in a family that said, men, men don't cry. And you're a, you're gay if you do, or you're a wimp or you know, you have to only like these things, though, as right. you're gay. Like, guys, I'm an artist. OK, but I love like man stuff, too. You know, and so um, I, uh, I just speak against that lie in the name right. of Jesus that that is that that is not who you are. Like, like to to yield to the spirit, to be vulnerable, to be vulnerable and to have the courage to be vulnerable with people doesn't mean that you're a loser it doesn't mean if people if 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 another guy says that to you or reacts in a negative way it means that they're in bondage as well and guys we need to just we need to lay that stuff aside god is doing stuff within us right now he's he's reconciling lies and and wounds and and abuse guys I, i i'll talk about this another time but i'm a victim of abuse as well and it is not that is not who i am
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today.
1: Um, and I think that there's a lot of men that have gone through that, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's, you know, attempted sexual abuse, which was more what mine was. Um, uh, I was groomed. I'll just say a quick little thing. I was groomed by a homosexual man. I did not know it at the time. He was a married man. He was a children's pastor. I moved in with him and his wife. I was groomed by him um mm-hmm. and by the grace of God I was able to I was I was saved from that that situation. And so like I said, I'm not afraid to tell people about the situation or but there's there's a there's a way you need to go about telling the story. Um and I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like who had um who had a story of abuse, a woman. And, and I was like, wow, like I was, I, it's one of those things that God has redeemed it so much that I forget it happened. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is what God wants to do in your life as well. So men, if you have been abused, find someone safe and talk about it because God wants to restore that within us, this attempt from the enemy to pull us down. And then as a result, you put on all these layers of gruff and tough and then you try to put other people down to make yourself feel better. We need to reconcile that stuff to the Lord. We need to come back to the Lord and lay that at the foot of the cross and allow the yeah. blood of Jesus to cover all of that because he wants to, he wants to redeem it all. So, okay, there we go. guys
3: And we see lots of men come forward for prayer at anything that we do, you know, I have an all women team. So we're talking about, role of women and leadership well i have six women on my team that is going around traveling america over 22 events per year and we didn't try to get a team together we weren't like hey let's sit around and hey how can we get a women team so we can be women in leadership like that wasn't even it was monday and i run in the ministry my husband and i run in the ministry for 20 years traveling doing conferences seeing god do miracles when we did that tent revival, which many of you already know, because Jeff and I have been doing interviews since the tent revival a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, almost um, yeah. oh, a couple of years ago this month. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is the anniversary coming up, April, Great. April 22nd through 25th. So and we did that and then deliverance broke out. I'd never cast out demons before. I'd never seen the to the degree of what I was seeing. It was wild. And so. Then this team comes along slowly. I didn't know them. They started attending the tent revival. They started serving by handing out tissues and covering people. And we got to know each other. I knew I could trust them. I asked them to start praying and doing deliverance. And b- before we know it, Monday is recording music and getting on rock stations uh-huh. because God <laughs> drops this new sound on him. And you guys know you've been interviewing him. so uh-huh. And all the people may have heard him. So he's like, going to the secular arena hopefully and he has he has christian songs too which are beautiful and tells his story and all of that but he's also got these songs with messages of hope in it talks about the holy spirit talks about how god can set you free and he's going to go to the secular arena which i'm excited about because me and the team are moving in deliverance and i was like we're going to show up at the concerts and we're going to be praying the holy ghost like real secretively all through the, the place and get people free but long story short these women and I start traveling because God starts opening doors for us to travel. People are inviting us all over the place and everywhere we go, we see men weep like babies
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we're respectful of them. We're not all like holding them all, all close. And I mean, there's maybe even one time where I just wrap my arm around, uh, you know, a man, but we're all, we're all there together. So it's not like you're in a room alone and you're praying for a man. It's, it's very safe. And but usually we'll just have our hand on their shoulder to respect space. So we try to think about that as a woman praying for a man, you know, them saying women shouldn't pray for men, men shouldn't pray for women. Well, I've been praying for men. And as a result, we're seeing men get delivered of pornography, mm-hmm. we're seeing men get delivered of alcoholism, wow. we're seeing men get delivered of smoking cigarettes. We're seeing men get delivered of fear, insecurity, you name it, anxiety, anger, rage, all of these things that are pushed down into their body. It's coming out because the Holy Spirit is using the hands and hearts of women, of women that want to mother broken children and give them space and safety to heal. Yeah. There's um, beautiful times where we've called, we've done, you know, just open the altar area for ministry and one of the times that stood out in our minds and we were in a wedding barn and the Holy Spirit dropped so powerfully and I was like anybody that wants to just press on the Lord just come forward and we're worshiping and I open my eyes and there's like eight or nine men weeping on their face collectively wow. Wow. that had come up and the whole and it was only men just full of men and I'm looking and I'm like Lord your sons have needed this. They need a safe place where they can weep, cry, and get free, Jeff. Like you're saying, the abuse, the trauma, all the things, because they feel safe and protected from what we share. We share about how we love. We share, we're just real with people. We talk about all the things, deliverance. We talk about all the things, trauma. We talk about life. We talk about, I mean, we talk about the stuff Mm
2: -hmm. in our
3: schools. And it's giving people freedom to say, okay, I'm not alone. You know, they're, they understand this. They understand how I'm hurting because we share about it. And then it gives the men permission to just come and release that pain. Whether mm-hmm. we ever lay hands so on good. them or not, they are releasing trauma. They're releasing yeah. pain. So why would God choose to anoint six women to travel and teach on deliverance and trauma healing and the things of the heart and the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Why did he choose? I don't know, guys. I mean, I do know, but I'm saying the question I said is, why, Lord, did you choose six women? I know, but I'm asking you to ask that question. Why? Why did he choose women? It wasn't my choice. I would have kept taking Monday with me. In fact, I tried. I was like, Monday, come on let's go, let's travel. We got all these invitations. Let's go. You want to come with me? I tried on every trip. Come with me, come with me for the first year. But he kept saying, I feel like my assignment is music. I feel like I'm not supposed to go. So I was trying to get him to come. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't even know that God by his own hand was working a plan and I didn't see it until almost a year later. The Lord opened my eyes and the book I'm writing on women right now has a little bit of this stuff we're talking about now, but has a whole other thing in there. There's whole other teachings in their revelations that I'm not going to do on this interview because it is so compact and so revelatory of the way it has to build for me to get it in your spirit. But when this book dropped in me, when I asked the Lord this question, I was standing on a beach and it was the anniversary of the team coming together and, and first ministering. And I looked at the ocean waves. And I said, Lord, and I was looking at the team because the women were there, they're walking the beach. This was when we were at a meeting and we had a few hours break. So we went and walked on the beach and we were close to a place where we were doing a school. I said, Lord, why women? Why? Why a woman team? I, I just need to understand it. And in that second, he downloaded to me everything I wrote in my book that will hopefully come out in the next month or two, Yeah, I'm almost to the end. But he downloaded and I couldn't even keep up. You know, guys, how you can't keep up with Holy Spirit when he starts downloading something. So you're like, I got out my phone and I opened my notes and I'm going.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can't write fast you, enough.
3: You can't. Yeah. And I know it's the Lord because I couldn't stop from weeping. And he answered that question for me. And I answered the question for you in my book. And I tell mm. the whole thing because God has chosen to use women. And who, who are we to tell him? how right. you're supposed to do things. He chose Deborah and nobody could tell him, you can't have a woman judge. You can't have a woman prophetess. You can't have a woman leader. You can't have a woman warrior. Nobody could tell him that because he chose. And there was a fear of the Lord upon the people of Israel that they said, whoever you choose, Lord, whoever you anoint, we're going to listen to them. We're going to follow them. And if they don't go with us into battle, we don't even want to go. Yeah, That's how much that they fear God and revered the authority that he had placed, whether it what was man that? or woman. So guys, what does it matter if it's men or women? Do women, can women not speak as much as men can? Do we have a voice? Do women have hands that they can lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Do women have eyes and ears and legs the same as men? Do women have a heart and a spirit, man, the same as men that, that can minister and bring hope? So why would we want to cut off Jeff's 60%, right? Of right. the body. 60% right. are women. Let's
1: sink in, you guys.
3: Yeah, and we want to cut off 60% of voices. We want to cut the voice of 60% of the church because the 40% is enough to save, what, almost 8 million people in the earth? So the 40% church is enough. We don't need the other 60%. That's what yeah. we're saying to ourselves, and that's what we're saying to God is we don't need more voices. Well, look at the earth, guys. Look at culture. Can we just stop for a minute? Where is the the compassion, the understanding that we need every voice. We need all hands on deck. And at this point, it's not about that one verse, guys. Let, we've got to have some common sense and stop yeah. misquoting the scripture of I don't suffer a woman to teach or have authority over a man. He said, I don't suffer a woman to control a man. Absolutely. Would would I walk up into another home and control their home? Would I control a man in their home? Would I go into because that this is what was happening. Women were controlling everything about other people's lives they were controlling the men telling the men what to do this is absolutely out of line and that should not be done in any sense of the word i wouldn't walk up into jeff and lauren's house and say listen guys i'm going to tell you how to live this would be completely out of place i would never that's jeff's home it's his authority and if i Mm -hmm. walked into his home i would say could i use your restroom is it okay if i have a glass of water Right, you would do Which this. Which I would probably time.
1: say help yourself to what's in the the <laughs> you, you would know, probably say I that. would probably say that. Yeah.
3: But it's still honor and respect that I'm submitting to yeah. the authority. That this is what it is. It's submitting to each other. It's respecting someone's space. So a woman teaching a man, so the man sitting under the teaching of a woman, if you're listening to her teach, that's not her taking authority over you. That's you choosing to listen to what she's teaching. Mm-hmm. That is not her controlling you. That's yeah. you by your own choice. I've invited this woman to speak into my life. See, so where is the, where's the control? Where's the dominance? It's not there. The dominance does happen though in churches, Jeff, and we need to hit this for just two seconds. Authority abuse
2: yeah. that happens
3: through women and men. Let me say it through women and men. I know women that have used authority to control their people, to exert authority, and this would be the kind of woman in first Timothy two twelve that Paul yeah, was, I was going to say, that's
1: what he's talking about.
3: Yeah. I've seen these women and they're like controlling their people, telling them what to do to the, to the point of controlling their personal lives. This is rampant in wow. the church. And if you are under leadership that is controlling you, once again, you have to pray by the Holy spirit, but it is demonic. And I know you don't want to be under a demonic spirit of Jezebel and Python, And that spirit is rampant in the church because it wants to shut the anointing down. And so, you know, really pray about um, your season there. Make sure you're following the Holy Spirit because that's something Mm -hmm. that is, they're sinking their fangs into the people and they're just sucking their life out of God's people. So, you know, women should not be controlling. They shouldn't be in people's personal lives. They shouldn't be telling men and women how to run their homes. They shouldn't be telling them how to raise their children. Yeah. Okay, so it's one thing to do all that. It's another thing to teach the scriptures. So let's divide that off. It's okay to teach the scriptures. It's okay to prophesy by the Holy Spirit. It's okay to evangelize as a woman. It's okay. Listen, the woman at the well was one of the first evangelists uh-huh. in scripture account. That's right. Jesus prophesied to her. She Her eyes were open. This man knows everything I did. He's got to be the one. And she runs and tells her entire uh, village or people that he has come, that he prophesied to her, and she becomes an evangelist. So if that was wrong, the, Jesus would have said, listen, woman, I don't suffer a woman to evangelize in my name. So I'm going to gonna stop. prophesy to you, yeah. but don't you dare tell anyone. So we're gonna because that, you're a
1: woman. yeah, <laughs> Right,
3: because you're a woman. Because Listen, if, if he wasn't wanting women to share who he is and the revelation of who he is, Then Mary at the tomb, Jeff, he would have said, Mm -hmm. Mary, I'm revealing myself to you. But remember, you're a woman. So I don't suffer you to teach. I don't suffer you to prophesy. I don't suffer you to go and share that I have risen. Mm -hmm. Did he say this to her? He did not. Because Jesus knew he's given women a voice to speak of who he is, to prophesy, to reveal his mystery Mm -hmm. and when you study the scriptures and it talks about whoever believes in my name that is not gender um that's not like male gender it's not female gender it's 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 whoever it actually says whoever it means whichever gender whoever person that includes men or women whoever believes in my name they shall cast out devils raise the dead and heal the sick well that is moving in authority given by holy spirit but not controlling a person. So we have to understand the difference of authority given by God and then misusing authority, trying to tell people how to live their lives. That is yeah. two different things. I hope I've clarified that really well. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely have. Because women need to be, they need to come to the front line. Women, we have to come to the front line. It is our yeah. time. It is our time. Yeah. It is our time. Men have been fighting on the front line. And they've been fighting and fighting and fighting, and they are warriors. And I get it. Men are going to fight, and they are going to war, and they're supposed to. That's their God-given place. Mm -hmm. And I support that, and I cheer that on, and I'll go fight with them as much as they want to invite me. I will fight in the (laughs) spirit with men warriors. But here's the thing, women. God has put something in women that the body of Christ needs that we carry that nobody can deny. Because let me ask you this. Take women out from the body of Christ. Erase women. Leave them in there. Now tell me what would be missing.
1: Everybody. Cause, (laughs) (laughs) cause you know, women bear children,
3: right? There'd be no more kids. Okay. What else would be missing?
1: This? Well, I'm okay. I think both of us together are God has your traits, he has my traits. He has masculine right. traits. He has female traits. Doesn't mean yeah. this whole God the Mother bogusness. It's just saying that both of us together, especially if you look at a right. man and a woman coming together, that is the that is the image of of God right there. Boom. Right. Both of us coming right. together.
3: Right. Becoming one. Yeah. Right. And woman came out from man. We know that. So, I mean, woman and the nature of woman came from the mind of God, the Lord. Thought of woman, created woman, breathed woman into existence. When he took her out of Adam, woman came from the Lord. We were created. God is the one who's always been, right? He's always been. It was Father, Son, Holy Spirit in the beginning of time before anything was created. It was him. All life comes out of who God is. All life came out of that Trinity being who is one but is three. And all life came out of that. So women and the nature of women actually came forth from the heart of the father. Women is part of who he is. Hmm. Being a woman is part of who he is. Now, I'm not going to call him a mother because he's not called a mother in the Bible. So I know that's a whole teaching. He's called the father. But here's the thing. One of his names is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the many-breasted one.
2: Mm, Yeah.
3: But, the, but that is about the nurturing of the Lord. The reason he has that name is because it's about the milk of the Lord, the milk of the word, the milk that brings nourishment to babies, the milk that causes flourishing and growth and maturity that comes from the Lord. And there is something similar there, the nurturing heart of the Lord to women. Women love to nurture and comfort and be there for children. And if they're hurting, women tend to move in compassion very quickly. Mm -hmm. They have compassion. They pour out that compassion. So this is part of the Lord's heart. And if we take out that 60% from the church, we're taking out that nurturing and that mothering from the church that is needed. The men need it. The other women need it. The children need it. Everybody needs it. I mean, it's like the beautiful picture of a family, you know, and the church is supposed to be a family. It's supposed mm-hmm. to run like a family. It's not supposed to run like a business. Every member playing their part. So men play their part. Women play their part. And the children are allowed to learn and grow up into becoming a woman and becoming a man and playing their part. So I want to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, Jeff, because this is important as we are understanding that women need to come into the fullness of who they are. They okay. need to be received and they need to step into their positions. It's in Scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we, we, that's everybody, till we all come In the unity of the faith. That means we have to believe the same things, guys. (laughs) We have Mm -hmm. have to unify and believe what the scripture says. Something powerful is going to happen as the church comes together and starts receiving all these movements that God is doing. Till we come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When everyone gets in position, when every member plays their part, it says we're going to come into the fullness of Christ. This is very important. No wonder the enemy wants to push women down.
0: Like what you're hearing, help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com/give. Now back to the show. So that
3: every part cannot be in position, so that the fullness of Christ can't come in the earth that is what the enemy is trying to stop now it's, it continues to say that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine guys stop following the first timothy two twelve. i do not suffer a woman to teach doctrine <laughs> stop being also just do a word study
1: like just yeah come on. do a word yeah. study
3: look it up i did this and it helped set me free by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive there it is. There are so many teachings out there that is laying weight to deceive the body of Christ so that we can't get unity of the faith, that we can't have one mind, one heart, and one spirit so that this fullness of Christ will not come. This is the plan of the enemy. But here is an answer that Paul gives us in Ephesians 4. He says, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So what joins the body together? According to Ephesians 4, it says we are fitly joined. We are compacted when every joint is supplying that's every person that's every man every woman it continues on to say according to the effectual working in the measure of every part that means what is the holy spirit given to you you have a measure given to you by the holy spirit that you are to supply the body with you're a joint you're someone that is supposed to bring forth the marrow in the body that you might be a ligament you might be the cartilage you might be the fluid that's supposed to go into the joint Every piece plays its part so that the body can be full and functional and working. And it's the same in the spirit. And when this happens, when every joint is supplying what they're supposed to do and they are moving and they're fitly joined together, it says it will make increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Women. If we are not stepping into our positions of leadership, whatever that looks like, it doesn't mean you take over a church. It doesn't mean you have to start your own ministry. It just means you're leading the people around you. You have enough security and confidence in who you are and that you have the Holy Spirit that you step into being his voice. That is leading. That is leadership. And if we don't step into those places, every single one of us, that means there is a void. There is a hole. There is a missing joint. There is a missing function in the body of Christ. And I want what God is after. And he's after the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4. He is after that in the earth. And the sooner we all say yes and step into leading by the spirit and not saying, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. The scripture says, just submit. Just submit to my husband. Submit. Okay. That's not the fullness of the message of the scripture. You should submit to your husband. The husband should also submit to the wives. It actually says submitting one to another Ephesians five. That's the next <laughs> chapter right after Ephesians four. <laughs> the, Paul goes into all the healthy function of the body. He's not saying don't function. He just told you every member needs to function. Every joint needs a supply. And then he goes into women, submit to your husband, husband, submit to your wife, submit to one another. in the love of the Lord. So it's about healthy family function. Yeah. Every honor, every part honors every part. And if we do that, we're not out of order, guys. it's right. 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 We'll love, I'll love my husband, my husband will love me. I'll submit to other leaders in the body. they'll submit to me, like we all submit to each other, because we trust that the Holy Spirit can speak through and to and out of whoever He wants. Mm-hmm. Even the children prophesy. I've had children prophesy the word of the Lord. Now, if I didn't receive that the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, speak through whoever he wants. And if I'm not discerning by the spirit, I would say, you're too young. You need to sit down and go to Bible college first.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you don't have a degree. You can't do that. <laughs> right,
3: And then one day, maybe I'll listen to you, but what they prophesied <laughs> is correct. And then the spirit of God came on me and I felt the anointing. So who am I to say? Let's stop discerning by our mind and let's start discerning by our heart. We know what is right. Every one of us, we can feel it. We know we need the women. We know it's been a void in the body of Christ. We know that they've been pushed down for a very, very long time. And it has taken decades and decades even to be where we are today. And so we are coming into that fullness of Christ before Jesus returns. Jeff, I believe we are going to see a church that is fully functioning in unity Mm, and love for each other. Impurity, holiness, men are gonna be in position, women are gonna be in position, mm-hmm. the children are gonna be hungry for the Lord, and we are gonna see a powerful full of faith raising the dead, healing the sick, casting yeah. out devils, church, yep. full body of Christ. Amen. 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 So let's <laughs> do this, guys. It's necessary for yeah. us to come forward if we want Jesus to come back. Mm-hmm. This is a good point. I'll finish up here.
1: Yeah, you good?
3: The Bible says in Acts that the The heavens will receive Jesus or retain him, basically. Basically holding him back until the restitution of all things. Until the restoration of all things. It says the heavens must retain him. The heavens must receive him until the restoration of all things. And when I read that and it hit me that Jesus will not come back until there's a restoration of all things in his body, in the church. I was like, Lord, what do I got to do to get you come back? Yeah. Cause I'm ready to go home. What's my part. So, yeah. <laughs> what I've got to do for this thing to happen. And so it's time to say yes, guys, you know what mm-hmm. you got to do. You know what you got to do. Yeah. You know, all the things that God is saying yes to in your spirit, it's time to embrace the Holy spirit, the fullness of who he is,
2: Mm -hmm. no
3: more doubt, no more unbelief and moving forward. Like the faith of a child and watching God use our lives to wreck the enemy.
1: Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. And I just think just in closing that the, especially from people that come from more reformed theology, um, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, according to uh, you know, according to, um, First Timothy chapter two, uh, women can't preach. Okay, that's one verse. They then criticize people that uh, are operating in signs and wonders, and they'll use a verse to say, Hey, here we go, and they'll criticize people for oh, that's one verse. I'm like, Yeah, but you're also taking one verse. And so it's this whole like when you get into that legalism, it just becomes like hypocrisyville, you know? It's just okay. like You're all like, that's why it's so important to yield to the spirit. God will confirm himself through his word. Absolutely. But not being, not allowing ourselves to, to, to try and make sense of it by putting everything in a box and, 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 in as a result, divorcing, divorcing ourselves from the move of the Holy spirit and what the Holy spirit is doing currently. So with you, Jen, like, you know, you've, uh, God has has led you down this this road, brought a lot of amazing women alongside you, uh building up this ministry, going to all these places, and then say you meet someone who you're like, yeah, that that guy could be great with us. Sure. You know, I'm just painting a scenario. God wouldn't suddenly be like, "Well, you I mean, Jen, you know what it says in Timothy, you need to step aside and you need to let him lead now." You know, no, he's not going to do that. Like, come on. So, Uh, And then I always go back to like, I mean, this, this type of like messy theology totally gets messed up when you start looking at other nations that are heavily oppressed right now. So China, Iran, Afghanistan, like where women are the ones that are really just like, boom. And Robbie Dawkins, we love Robbie Dawkins on the show. Yeah. 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 He, He has talked numerous times. He's like, man, he's like, I would take those female Christians over there any day. Give me give me, give me 10 of them over one guy. Like they are fearless because for them too, you know, it's like even the, their upbringing and what Islam does this oppression and suddenly they feel that they, they, they are experiencing freedom for the first time in Christ. And they're just bold, you know, and, and mm-hmm. God's not going to be like, Oh, I'm just biding my time. I'm just waiting for guys to step up so that these women can be hush hush and I can get like, a-. no, that's not it. Um, so right.
3: Right. Yeah. Women are like mama bears. Like this, yeah. I mean, you don't mess with our kids, you know? Right. And there's something that happens to me and the team when we look at God's children and we're preparing, you know, to minister. We're doing the deliverance schools, which many of the Elijah Fire people have come to. If you've come mm-hmm. to a deliverance Woo, school, you need to yeah. shout out in the comments mm-hmm. and tell Jeff that you were there because that's so encouraging to these guys. Mm-hmm, it is. But um, so many of you come up and say, hey, and you saw the Elijah Fire interviews. But when we're looking at all these beautiful faces, me and the team, and we, I mean, something rises up on the inside of you and you're like every devil in these, every devil trying to torment these children of God. Like they feel like I can feel the, the mother heart of the Lord, like the way he does have that fierce, like, those are my babies. Those are my kids. You don't mess with them. The claws are going to come out from the mama bear. I'm going to slice every devil's head off. You're getting off off of their life Uh you know because you fight for your kids if you saw something attacking your children those of you that are moms and dads if you saw something attacking your children are you not going to do something to fight and rescue your child Mm -hmm. and you know the, the dads are physically are as strong to rescue and they have adrenaline. They will fight and they will war and they will take territory. And this is powerful of what men do carry. And I would never, never try to replace that. I acknowledge that and honor mm-hmm. that. And I've said that everywhere I've gone, yeah. there's no way we could do this without the men. They are so important. And, you know, the women coming alongside the men brings in that nurturing and that emotional support that the body of Christ needs of most children, when they do get hurt, run to mommy with their tears because they know mommy's going to hold them, kiss their boo-boos, you know. And there's just a special thing about mommy, mommy, I'm hurting, you know. So I I feel like it's just the beauty of the Lord. Why do we all need to be the same thing? Yeah. Why can't we have value in what women carry as nurturing and loving and Comforting to the children of God who have been broken, who have gotten lots of boo boos, Mm -hmm. and they need comfort, they need love, they need to be held. You know, well,
1: and deep down, every man that yeah,
3: value it, and then value what the men have. Deep down,
1: every guy, I don't care how old you are, you love to be nurtured by a woman like the the, right? the,
3: you love your mama. the
1: the joke about the man cold where we're like oh, I'm so sick and then my wife comes over and she's like they're there yeah. like it's like a joke yeah. but it's like real like it's like real God, cool. we we do like <laughs> so
3: amen so we love that in our families yeah. and in our our personal lives, uh-huh. and I yeah. don't think the church should be separated from that. I think we need to allow the mothers to come into their positions in the church yeah. and mother the body of Christ Yeah, come and on. help heal that brokenness and bring in comfort. It's exactly what my team ministers on. And we have new material, Jeff, in our schools. And I think I taught you about that, the trauma healing part Which of is our huge. school
1: yeah that's a big it's one it's
3: huge it's a whole day we took literally we reconstructed it so we could take a whole day to speak to trauma wow. and rachel and amber on the team they received the download from the lord yeah. they received all of it and these are things that i kind of i would see god heal as i prayed but i didn't have the understanding of the breakdown of how trauma affects the body and the mind And so they break all of that down and it is an eye opener for people. And what's astounding to see is as people get freedom and deliverance and they get the teaching during the day, when we come back in there at night and we prepare for ministry time, that's what I was talking about. Mama bear is ready. Mama bear is ready to get all that trauma off and all that brokenness off and all that abuse off and all the things that have bound them. And you can see it on their face. And it is Mm -hmm. overwhelming when you know God is using us to, to lift these things off people. It's, Mm -hmm. it's an honor to serve the Lord and they are so ready once they've been taught, like their hearts are wide open. They go full force into the Lord. They are on their knees. They are weeping. They are ready. They, are, they now have understanding and it's connecting their heart of God wants me free. God wants me comforted. God wants my broken heart healed. He doesn't just want me serving him, serving him, serving him. Don't you want to be used by God? Don't you need to get anointed? And the whole thing that has been presented is God doesn't care about your needs. God doesn't care that you were abused. God doesn't care that you went through all these things. He just, it's not about you. How many times have we heard that? Not about you, right. not about me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it actually is. It actually is about you. It actually is about me because we are children too. Mm-hmm. And we're loved. And guess what? It's also about them. So mm-hmm. it's about all of us and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not prideful to say God loves me, wants to touch me too. It's about me too, wants to hold me too. But this needs to be received that God wants to heal the heart. He doesn't just want to use your body to preach his gospel. He wants your heart healed. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Yep. He came to set the captive free. Yep. And if any of us are captive, he wants us free. And that's yep. okay mm-hmm. to need freedom. Even being in leadership, we've seen pastors healed, Jeff. We've seen deliverance ministers delivered. Let's let's go with that one for a minute. That's wild. We've seen, Yeah, We've seen... People in trauma counseling, healed of trauma. No joke, literally emailed us, told us about all the things. I was trained in years of trauma counseling. I've been counseling people in trauma healing for years and years and years. I had no idea that when I came to your school, that trauma was going to leave my body and I would weep on the floor and get delivered. And they, I mean, so much stuff came out of that woman. And it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And then it just breaks your heart because you're like, this woman was broken trying to heal other broken people out of her mm-hmm. compassion. And now how much more is that going to happen? Because her heart is healed. She's going to be a pure fountain of living water flowing out to those people. So God wants us healed, Jeff, so that we can heal others. We can't really heal others with pure water. If the water flowing in us is contaminated or bitter, you know, we can't have two streams flowing out of the same fountain. So God wants to heal everything inside of us so that we can be this pure, open vessel of love and beauty and joy and freedom. To heal others. Come on. And Come on. We receive testimonies all the time of people getting healed. They've gone through trauma healing. They've gone through deliverance, and now they're back at their churches or in their homes. Their family members—they're taking them through healing. They're praying for them, and and demons are coming out, or 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 trauma is being healed. This one story I want to tell you real fast. And this lady—they were just at our school in Minnesota, and the the Holy Spirit was moving so strong. People were getting delivered all over the place. Trauma's leaving all over the place. Screaming out like Rachel was praying, just mass deliverance and mass trauma. People screaming out everywhere. So this lady sends an email after the weekend and she says, we were there that night. Everybody's getting healed and set free. But my daughter-in-law really wanted freedom, but didn't get freedom. So she's sitting in that. She's not getting free. She knows she needs freedom. She has demons. She has all these things. They're driving home and the mom says that the girl begins to manifest. Now the wow. mom has been, tra- or not, it was daughter-in-law. So mother-in-law, the mother-in-law has been trained at the school. You know what she said? The Holy Spirit started quickening her to things we had trained and done and taught. Wow. And she, by the power of the Holy Spirit, commanded that devil. And this was full on manifestation. It tried to choke that girl. She said she couldn't breathe. Like this was a full on demonic attack. And she, that mom took authority. She had faith to do it. She had been trained. She had been taught. She cast that demon out of her daughter-in-law and then that girl got so filled with the holy spirit that she was laughing she said all the way home laughing wow. all the way home she i think she did the deliverance in the car and then it continued as she went home but she said she was she was filled with the holy spirit that whole day and the next day she was filled intoxicated i don't know the word that we need to use so many people have issues with saying drunk in the holy spirit but it's like almost the best terminology you mm-hmm. could use to explain the behavior of the person but she was ecstatic she was over the moon
2: wow. well, the
3: holy spirit look at that yeah god is taking and anointing people that come and they don't even know it they're about to be used by the lord they're about to take people through healing and god is trusting them to do it and that's just one of the multiple stories we've had
1: and um, you have a lot
3: um, so yeah. many. I mean, there's so many. They're on our website. You can read some of the testimonies if, if you guys are interested. You just click on testimonies right there on that website, contagiouslove.org, and you can read them. So, here's the point. The point of all of this. Women are necessary. Yes. <laughs> women are necessary. I want to read one scripture that helped me to actually say yes to the Lord. Okay. And I think many of you women would love this scripture, and it was an eye opener for me, and it made me stop. Having insecurity and unbelief in what God could use me for or use my life, so it's in First Corinthians twelve, verse twenty-two. And I'm reading the New King James Version. It says, "This is okay." So this is the chapter talking about the eye can't say to the foot, "I have no more need of you," or the hand say, "You know, to the mouth, I don't need you." You know, it's talking about the different members how they play. Different parts. The eye has to play its part. Nothing else in the body can be an eye. Only the eye can be an eye. Mm-hmm. Nothing else can be the mouth. Only the mouth can. Nothing else can be the hand. Only the hand can do what the hand is supposed to do. The hand's the only one that can pick things up. The you know the hair can't say. You know what? I want to be a hand. So I'm going to start picking things up. That would just be weird. That'd be weird to walk around with our hair picking things up <laughs> as we walk down the road, right? So this is, the feet can't say to the eye. I have no need of you. No. So this is verse 22 where it starts. It says, no, much rather those members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. I had to stop right there because the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and say, Jennifer, you feel like you are the weakest person in the body of Christ. Wow. You feel like you can't talk. You can't pray for people. You have no idea how to hear me. You can't prophesy. You don't know how to discern. Like, because I knew all the things I didn't know how to do. (laughs) It's like, I've never done anything. I can't move in the anointing. I can't do any of that. But see, the scripture nicely rebuked me and I needed to hear it, gently instructed me that it doesn't matter if you're the weakest one. The scripture says, even the body parts which seem to be weaker or the weakest are. Necessary. And the Lord was telling me, He said, Jennifer, it doesn't matter if you're the lowest person in the entire body of Christ, if you're the least anointed. He said, It doesn't matter. You're still necessary.
2: Mm. And I
3: wept at His feet because I didn't believe that I had a part to play, that I had no purpose. But the Holy Spirit was telling me, But the purpose I have for you is still important to my heart it may not look as big and flashy and all these things, you know, cause I wasn't, I wasn't a platform speaker. I wasn't this or that, but I didn't think I could prophesy or, you know, I couldn't be like fiery, like preacher, you know, but the Lord was still telling my heart, but I still need you. Hmm. I still need you. Yeah. And the Holy spirit is saying that to you guys right now. You might feel weak. You might feel, yeah, well, I don't move in deliverance. Well, I don't cast out devils? Well, I don't prophesy. Well, I don't do this. And it doesn't matter what, What is the Holy Spirit giving you? Because what he's giving you is beautiful. You might be the eye, and only you can be the eye. You might be the hand, and only you can be the hand. And whatever he's given you is beautiful. And he wants you to value what you carry that not someone else can carry. What you're doing and where you're at in your life, where you can minister, where you can lead, woman of God, in your own life, and the people around you, where you can... Bring compassion and healing, or you can nurture them with your words and your love. Just your hugs. Mm -hmm. Just your hugs will heal people's broken hearts. And you don't have to be able to preach at them and quote scripture from the Bible for 10 minutes to be anointed. Your love is anointed. Mm. And I want to encourage you that the simplicity of Christ is more beautiful than anything else. And instead of trying to figure it all out, just be love. Just be love to others. Just be that. Be who you are as a woman. Women, it's okay to be us. Women, it's okay to move in love and compassion and nurturing and to weep and to talk and to and to hold people and hug them and, and rub their backs while you're encouraging them. You know, we do that. We rub their backs. And we say, it's going to be okay. And it's God loves you so many. He's so proud of you. You know, all of these things are important. And I just want to release you and give you permission by the Spirit of God to be you, woman. Be all that you are. And and release your heart, and let's bring the fullness of Christ to the body. Let's see right. this thing happen, in Jesus' name.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another throw authority, because you you quoted First Corinthians twelve twenty two. There's also Second Corinthians eleven five, and mm. Paul is talking about people are saying to him like, "Oh, you're nothing like Peter, and you're nothing like John," and mm. and this is a big verse for me. I have it on a post it note here because. You know, as I've come into this, and you know, I'm having amazing people that I really admire on my show, like you, Jen, and 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 it just says I do not think I am in the least inferior to those super apostles, is what he says. So I have that as a scripture, just saying, like, look, we're if God calls you, who are we to say God, you can't use me? You don't have the authority to say that. I mean, you can you can opt out, and it's not going to be very good for you. But but we don't have, I mean, and you see, even in in um in in luke uh luke chapter what is it luke chapter one when zechariah and gabriel comes to zechariah is like talking about his son john the baptist who's going to do all these things and and then later you see mary's response to gabriel and and uh, there's two different responses zechariah says how can how can i be sure of this i'm an old man and my wife is well long in years and what happens to him? He gets mute for the next nine months um, or however long it is. Mary's response is, <laughs> I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. So there's, we have those mm-hmm. options, right? So there Amen. we go. We'll leave it at that.
3: I love that. Now, did he go mm-hmm. mute because he talked about himself being an old man or because he talked about she was very, very old? He's <laughs> talking about her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like he shouldn't have said she was long. What did he say? Long bearing.
1: Yeah. Well, there's in different translations in my translation. It says the one I'm reading, it says, uh, she is, uh, my wife is well along in years. Well, old. Years. What are you talking you about? You don't Gabriela? talk
3: about a woman's age. Yeah. That was the problem, yeah. right? That was there. the problem. No, no, I'm going to like,
1: stop you right there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Listen.
1: Yeah.
3: Amen. Yeah. So, all
1: right. I would love for you to The role pray. of women
3: is unnecessary. So let's do this. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> We slice the head off the dragon. Now all that's left is where, Lord? What do I say, Lord? What do I do, Lord? Because the question has been answered. I am sent. I am called. I am chosen by God. Amen.
1: Come on. Come on. All All right. All of it. Go ahead and pray for the people, Jen.
3: Okay. Father, thank you right now for everyone, Lord, the women and the men and everyone, even the young people, and I just speak into them because this message is for all of us that you are necessary, Mm -hmm. you are important, and it's time for you to step into your position, step into who you are, not just in the physical, but in your heart. It's time to come forward in your heart. And I pray right now, Father, that their hearts and their minds would come in line with you, Lord, alignment. I speak that in the spirit right now, that they would come into agreement with who they are in the spirit, even if they don't know who, who that is. Lord, that there would just be a decision to say yes, a decision to say, Lord, however you want to move through my life, however you want to touch the brokenhearted, however you want to heal the sick, whenever you want to cast out a demon, Lord, or raise the dead or anything that you've called me to do in preaching the gospel and loving the brokenhearted and loving my neighbor. Lord, use me to do that. I want to partner with you, Holy Spirit. I want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. I want to know you. I want to be there for you, Lord. I want to collaborate with you, Holy Spirit, in the work of the ministry that you are doing throughout the earth. And whatever piece that I need that you've asked me to play, I want to do that for you. Friend, just say yes to Him right now that whatever it is that you've asked me to do, Lord, whatever piece that I can bring, whatever I need to supply, to the body so that it can be joined together, fitly joined, unified, one body, one mind, one spirit, one Lord one baptism over us all in us all and through us all that we would may truly come into the unity of the faith and the work of the ministry that we may grow up into the fullness of Christ together mm-hmm. Holy Spirit I speak right now over them that their mm-hmm. eyes would be open that the eyes of revelation would come right now over them so that they would see this that you would drop this in their spirit God that they are necessary Yes. however big and however small that it is necessary so that we can step into the fullness of the kingdom yeah. so everything that's holding you back right now friend i break it off in the name of mm-hmm. jesus christ every demonic stronghold every demonic lie every every tongue of every snake that told you anything other than the truth i cut it off right now and anywhere where the enemy has tried to use authority abuse to control you and hold you down and to and to shut you up and tell you to be quiet, be silent. Don't speak. Your voice is not needed. Your voice doesn't need to be heard. Your voice is not necessary. All of those words that ever spoke to your heart and told you you're not good enough, you're not anointed, you can't prophesy, you can't move, you can't teach, you can't preach, you can't move in the spirit. I break that now. I break off every word curse in the name of Jesus. Everywhere those snakes have hooked into your soul and your mind and your body, through that authority abuse, through religious abuse, through verbal abuse, through emotional abuse, through any kind of abuse in your life where the enemy has tried to come in and grab onto you, I defang that thing right now. I pull those fangs out of you in Jesus' name. I command that bite to come out of you right now. And I and I command the venom to be pulled out of you, out of your soul, out of your mind, out of your body, mm-hmm. everything that the enemy has said, I command it to detach from your body. I command it to come out of your ears, come out of your body, everywhere it caused trauma to store in you. I command trauma to leave your body. I command demonic spirits to come off and of, out of you right now in Jesus name that entered in through authority, abuse, or any other forms of abuse. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to leave now. I release the fire of the Holy Spirit on your body and all your life in Jesus' name to torment every work of the enemy until he tucks his tail and runs and pleases from you seven ways in Jesus' name and to bring the fire of the Holy Ghost on your life that would activate the callings and the gifts in you to such degree that you cannot stand it anymore and you have to move with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Father, I thank you for that now. I bless them in Jesus name. And I release them and give them permission to obey your voice.
2: Yeah,
3: Friend be released. You have permission. You can go, you can preach, you can prophesy, you can teach, you can lead, you can build, you can follow, you can shepherd, you can do all the things you can nurture, you can comfort, you can love, you can be part of a family. You are necessary. I love you and I bless you in Jesus name.
1: Amen. Jen, um, your book, obviously we're doing that. We're shooting this on uh, the 6th, but this is airing on the 28th, um, which is a Friday. Um, So it might be out by then, but maybe not. Are you looking at May or are you looking at just as soon as possible?
3: All things are possible to him that believes Jeff. All things are possible. That's
1: true. Yes. (laughs) Most
3: likely May or even towards the end of May, but we'll see. But yeah, I'll definitely give you guys a heads up when it's released.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And we'll probably, you know, we can have you back and talk about it some more because there'll be more. Absolutely. Oh, there's so much
3: more. I didn't even, we hit the tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 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 So feel free, everybody send this to people that need to hear it people who are curious other women female warriors whew, that yes. need to need some encouragement maybe they're in a rough spot right now and they're actively going through a lot of stuff we we're talking about and they need some encouragement send it to them uh send it to everybody we need the we need the body of christ it's all hands on deck we need all the Amen. body of christ all facing the same direction you know of the the same spirit and um and so yeah um, Jen, how else can people follow you? Obviously they can go to contagiouslove.org, but how else right. can they follow you?
3: Right. If you go there and just scroll down to the social links at the bottom, they're all there at the bottom of the website or at the top of the actually I think they're at the top more of the website. They're all over the website. It's yeah. painted with the social links. So you can find that there. The schools and books will be there as well. So all of the information you need is there. And uh, yeah, please come to some of our things. I mean it's incredible what God's doing. I'm not just trying to get people to come to what I'm doing. It's literally a Holy spirit mm-hmm. is moving so powerfully. You need to
1: be equipped in this um, stuff. Like yeah. walking, walking, deliverance, all that stuff. We need to be equipped. So if you feel burning inside right. of you, right. Just, yeah, like, go on our website, see when our next school is going to be all that stuff. And, uh, you know, yeah.
3: Amen. Yeah. And tell Elijah fire guys, those of you that come tell them about the schools, tell them what yeah. you received there, testify on the live streams, you know, we want to hear those testimonies. It's powerful. We yeah. celebrate, we read them all. If you email in, uh, we read in, we read all the testimonies that come in from the schools. So it's really, really powerful. So thank you guys. This has been amazing. Yeah. Um, just so excited to be able yeah. to talk on this subject. It Absolutely. is definitely something that I burn for.
1: Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much. We just, we, we love you and Monday. We so appreciate you guys and we just love having you on the show. So
3: Thank you guys too. Yeah.
1: You. yeah, Everybody that is it for this week. Have a great weekend. Tune in on Monday, May 1st. We've got Andrew Whalen back. It's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking a lot about depression and anxiety. Um, he and I both have shared our stories intermittently. And finally we were like, dude, we got to just do like one episode. Where we talk about this. If you struggle with depression and anxiety, or you know, someone who does tell them to watch Monday's show. Uh it's gonna be May 1st. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a banger, guys. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, we love you guys. Elijahfire.com slash donate is how you donate that keeps this at five days a week or three days a week, whenever we have to do that, like when we're in Israel. So uh, God bless you guys, and we'll see you on Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Andrew Whalen. Okay, bye.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.